This is the Florida Spectacular Podcast with your hosts, Kathy Silustri and Rick Kilby. Keep up with Kathy at GreatFloridaRoadTrip.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Kathy Silustri. Find Rick on Twitter at OldFLA and visit his website, RickKilby.com. Now, discover a Florida you never knew existed. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Florida Spectacular. Uh, good morning, Rick. How are you? I'm great. Uh, you look refreshed after your vacation. We had um, a hard eight-hour drive back home, 10-hour drive. And I say we. I didn't do any of the driving. I looked out the window and played games on my phone and all that stuff. So, um, But it was nice to be back in our own bed. You know, it's it's it's... Two weeks was was just about the right amount of time. I started missing my cats and my plants. So, um, yeah, it's a couple of my plants didn't make it. I love my plant sitter, but I don't think he's the guy for my plants. <laughs> it's yeah, I start to miss my yard when I'm on vacation because I worry about you know, oh, what if it didn't rain? What happened to this? You know, and you come back, and the, that's one of the first things I do is I walk through the yard to see what's out of control and what's didn't make it. Well, that's, that was that we have drip irrigation and we have a shallow well and we do have some vegetables that have gone insane this year. And I came back and, uh, if you need any tomatoes, Rick, let me know. Okay. Something happened. I don't know what happened, (laughs) but you know, that's the thing about Florida landscapes is that they can just kind of take over almost like, uh, do you ever see Little Shop of Horrors? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Audrey too. I mean, you come back and it's like, wow, what, what did my, what did my garden do while I was gone? And, um, to me, my Audrey too, is the Everglades tomatoes, those little tiny, tiny tomatoes. I don't think you can grow them. You might be a little too cold where you are. I don't Um, know. I don't know. I I have some invasive vines that have to be trimmed on a weekly basis or they will take over. They, they already have taken over, but I try and keep them in their section. And, you know, I have that, that beautiful light blue passion flower vine. Yes. I just love the the beauty of the flowers. I could take a picture every single time it blooms, but it will get in some of my trees that I'm trying to grow that are native and just choke them out if, if I don't trim it weekly. So is there, is there a horror movie about exotic invasive plants taking over a Florida garden? And if not, why? Mm, that's an interesting topic. You know, um, Jeff Vandermeer, who is a Florida author in Tallahassee who wrote Annihilation, sounds like his kind of work because he likes to write about spores and he's a big native plant guy. It could be it could be right up his alley, but he's a little bit he's not um he's writing big time movies that have uh Nicole um what's her name? Kidman? <sighs> Is it Kidman? No, no, not her. What's I can't think of the name. Anyways, he's a big time guy. I want to talk about bad movies. I love bad movies. I have a whole talk I give every Halloween at multiple places called It Came From Florida. And our producer informs me that you are thinking of Natalie Portman. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That's why we pay you, Chad. You're the best. Yeah, I have a whole talk called um, It Came From Florida, and I do this natural progression with my favorite, and we disagree on this, so we'll do a separate podcast closer to Halloween. Yes. Um, my favorite Florida B movie is Creature from the Black Lagoon, but you don't agree, so we're going to do a separate podcast, but I thought maybe everybody knows that movie. Everybody's seen that movie. Maybe yeah. between the two of us, we could give people some 
something of a watch list of movies that are so bad. Now, let me say that. Let, let me say this. I do not like scary movies. Like I was a teenager. I would go see any scary movie you wanted me to. I can't do it now. Like I, I realize that it's entirely possible there could be a serial killer waiting under my window. So I don't watch those movies. So when I talk about horror movies that are bad movies, these are movies that are so bad. You have to laugh at them for me. I mean, I I think we talked about some of the ones we're going to discuss today and there's really nothing that um, scares me in any of them. Well, the whole, the one was it 2000 maniacs. Yeah, that's it's it's so bad, but it is kind of creepy to see, you know, all these um, kind of Confederate loving, you know, flag waving people running around amok. Only I guess it's scary because it's something you could see that kind of connects to to where we are today, you know, in this point in Florida history that um, it just it's cringeworthy. Maybe that's a better way to say it. And it's cringeworthy in a bad way and a good way. You know, I think there's some things like, you know, when they cut somebody's head off and it's obviously fake and blood spurts up and it's just so bad that it's good. That's cringeworthy to me in a good way. But it's also cringeworthy. Like I have real sensitivity to anything with a Confederate flag and people running around and, and fitting oh. into these stereotypes that other people embrace today. Yeah, I mean, this well, this movie, of course, was made well before we were all proud of of con- the Confederacy, which, you know, I'm not. Um, but, I mean, this this movie, I'm trying to find a date on it right now. It's 60, better- 64. 64, and I know... Um, it was filmed in something like 21 days. <laughs> it was it was ridiculously. I mean, I I don't think they ever expected this to really be a blockbuster film, but it did if I'm not mistaken, 2000 Maniacs didn't it have a Playboy bunny in it. Yes, Connie Mason. So yeah. the whole the whole premise is a group of northern tourists are savagely tortured and murdered during a Confederate celebration of a small southern community centennial. And it was filmed in St. Cloud, which is in Osceola County here in central Florida, which is how I know about it. But if you honestly, it's so funny, though, if you watch the trailer, you know, the first half of the trailer almost is all a disclaimer about, you know, if you have children, make sure you don't let them see this because it's so horrible. It is. It is. It is. The buildup is what makes it so bad. <laughs> like, like um, Prince of Darkness. That's a movie I saw as a teenager. And there's like this scene in the Prince of Darkness where, you know, cockroaches start coming out of the guy's head. Yeah. That to me is something you want to warn children about. Having a bunch of drooling, spittling, crusted, fat old white Confederates chopping off the limbs, very fake of a Playboy bunny is just not... Um, it's not scary. I mean, it's just that the production values are so bad. It, it's beautiful. Um, you know, and I, I get that you're a little sensitive about the Confederacy. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we have a bad reputation here um, of, of being supporting, not us, not you and I, but like Florida by and large has kind of, yeah, bum rap. And uh, you, you see it and you're like, it kind of reveals the ridiculousness of these guys, I thought. <laughs> You know, I mean, if we really wanted to make a political statement, it's it's hey, look at how stupid these guys are. Anyway, that's but if you're gonna I don't know if there's any place you can really go see in St. Cloud. 
to see where it was filmed. But I do want to give a shout out that if you do go to St. Cloud, there is a wonderful, wonderful restaurant there called the Catfish Place. St. Cloud is that I don't know. I haven't been to the Catfish Place. I've been to one restaurant that's right there on Lake Toho. St. Cloud is a very interesting place because it was originally formed by um, Union uh, uh, survivors of the Civil War who fought for the Union Army. And um, they, so uh, what is it? The, um, not the GAR, Grand Grand Army of the Republic. All those people came down and established St. Cloud. And it's very interesting. All the streets are named after states. It has this cute little downtown area. Of course, it's growing like wildflower, as is all of Florida these days. But the downtown has an amazing shuffleboard court. And there's a lot to like about St. Cloud. And there were some pioneering female architects, um, Isabel Roberts and Ida Ryan, who you know um, designed a lot of the buildings. So I love St. Cloud, the town. I but when who knows what it was like in 1964? It could have been very different. I I need to watch the movie to see if I can identify. I did watch the trailer, and most of the stuff you see are close up, so you couldn't identify anything in the background. You know, like you know, a head gets chopped off and blood splurting, or this. One, I don't know if it's the Playboy Bunny or not. She's underneath this giant rock that's going to squish her, and there's these ravenous foaming at the mouth rednecks, as they call them in the movie. Um, this is what I love. So it says it didn't. This is on Wikipedia. It didn't take much to thrill early splatter fans. And 2000 Maniac proves with a shrill soundtrack, basement level theatrics, and goofy flesh terror eating gore. So. Goofy flesh tearing gore. If that's what you like, you're going to like 2000 Maniacs. I mean, like is really a relative term. <laughs> but let me just say, I do think, I think if we, if we were more on the ball with tech, we could actually do a watch party for that. And, uh, you know, let like value added for people who want to donate to the podcast. And we could, we could do an online watch party and watch, uh, I, I mean, I would just laugh my way through it, though. That's the problem. But I think people should visit St. Cloud, and I think they should eat at the Catfish Place. And, I mean, there's – there's, especially when you talk about um, Florida and its troubled history with the Civil War. I think it's nice to see a place like that that was – you know, I think I think if I'm remembering correctly or if I learned it correctly – it was something like $50 for union veterans to buy a plot of land in St. Cloud. Like they really wanted union veterans down there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, so maybe so, that's a, that's a future episode. We could do the non Disney things to do in Osceola County because there are a number of good things to do. And, and um, St. Cloud has a few of them. I think that that's fantastic. I used to live in Kissimmee in, oh. very briefly. Yeah. I, I lived in Kissimmee and it was like, you would go theme park, theme park, dinner and show, dinner and show, dinner and show. And then bam, you hit St. Cloud. It's like rodeo. I mean, it was, (laughs) it was the most, um, in the nineties, it was the most strictly delineated difference in culture that I have ever seen, had ever seen in my life at that point. Um, but anyway, um, when I was at the Catfish Place, they had amazing collards, and that was quite a few years ago. So I will make it my mission to go back, check out the col- collards, um, and they do actually have gator tail, but it's fried. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, so um, I, I got another one we got to talk about. Okay. Zat. Z-A-A-T. Okay. So let's, let's, let's. What the hell is that? Because I've never heard of this. And now I feel like I've really fallen well, down on the job. 
it came out in 1971. It was produced on a $50,000 budget. So you're not talking, you know, uh, big budget production for sure. As, a, as, opposed, as opposed to 2000 Maniacs, which I'm sure had a, just a, um, a $5,000 budget. Can we, can we go? Can we, one more thing I wanted to say about 2000 Maniacs okay. before we go to that. Okay. The band 10,000 Maniacs actually drew the inspiration for the name of their band from this movie. Wow. Multiplied times five. Yeah. Five <laughs> times better. Anyway, that and that, by the way, is all caps. Is that an acronym? Talk to me. Yeah. So supposedly this mad scientist comes up with a formula and it's like, you, you know, like H2O kind of thing. And it was Z-A-A-T. You know, it's like this fake kind of chemical formula for this stuff that can transform humans into sea creature hybrids. So I know about it because it was filmed at Green Coast Springs in Rainbow Springs and Jacksonville and places, you know, throughout Florida. But, uh, you know, any two towns with springs in it, it's going to come across my radar. And it's kind <laughs> of like a poor man's creature from the Black Lagoon. It is. But it is so bad and so campy. Again, you can go on YouTube and just watch the trailer and you can get an idea just how bad it is. And I think the people in Jacksonville love it because it was filmed, you know, was filmed right there in Green Cove Springs, which isn't right, you know, in the proximity of Jacksonville. So a, a couple of times they brought it back. And the guy who made the film, uh, Don Barton, was a Jacksonville resident who passed away not too long ago. But he had the suit that the Zat creature wore in his garage for years and years and years. And Where's the suit now? That's a good question. I wonder. That's a you know. I, I'll have to do a little research and find out where it is because it's super cool and very creepy. You know the you know it would make the, one of the things they had is they could put this Zat formula in the um in the drinking water and all of a sudden these walking catfish would be just be everywhere. And so one of the things it says, um, how scary can it be? Because catfish are really not that scary, which I differ with because they have those spines on them. That's oh, I'm really sorry. Scary. Yeah, whoever whoever says that has never caught a catfish. That's true. And tried to take it off a hook. That's true. They are slimy, and yeah, you know, they don't have regular scales like a regular fish. They're just kind of a weird, odd thing. I'm kind of fascinated with catfish, which is maybe one reason I like this movie. But you know, it's just it's bizarre. You know, there's this woman he puts in this basket and he's lowering her down into the formula. And there's just all this strange, creepy stuff that goes on. And they so what's interesting is they did it on Mystery Science Theater 3000. But the guy who made the movie was annoyed. So he sued them. And so they didn't run that episode again until they resolved it um, outside of the legal system. And they ran it a couple more times. So that's kind of the level we're talking about. Mystery Science Theater 3000. And um, I'm sure they had a lot of fun with it. So maybe that you can find it that way, actually, if you can. I'm not sure where those episodes live anymore. Um, they brought it out a couple different times and changed the name. One time it was called Bloodwaters of Dr. Z. Another time it was called, uh, what do they call it? I just lost it. But anyways, they would change the name. You know, these are things that you would see in drive-ins. Or um, another one I want to talk about was brought in um, – Release in those cinema and draft house places. You know, these probably didn't make the big screen because they were just so low budget. So uh, Zat is one, and there's a lot of great articles about it in the Jacksonville paper because, you know, the, the people in Northeast Florida really, really loved it. Well, I mean, it's a – honestly, when you first said, 
a hybrid, I'm like, you know, that would actually be kind of cool. Like <laughs> I could be a mermaid for real and I could come up and I wouldn't have to, you know, trade Ursula for my legs or whatever. But then you kind of make it sound scary. But, so so but, I had to read this. This is sort of a film Ed Wood Jr. might have made on a very bad day and added lovers of fantastically bad films rate Zat as one of the worst. <laughs> I am going to have to watch this now, but thank you. <laughs> I want to put a plug in for Green Cove Springs though, because they have these super cute and quaint things that they do. Like at Christmas time, they have a parade of trees where you can go see all the trees lit up and walk through town um, in their park. They have Christmas on Walnut Street. They have letters to Santa. Kids can write letters. They have a mailbox where kids can put in letters to Santa and stuff like that. It's a neat little place. And as far as I know, is not actually... Um, there, there are no mad scientists there. I don't think <laughs> there might be, but we don't know about them. Green Cove Springs is one of my favorite places because it is kind of an old Florida town that time forgot, except for it's changing rapidly in Jacksonville, starting to encroach upon it. So, if you want to see it, you know, kind of as an old Florida town, go there quickly because it's not going to be that way much longer. I have to say, one of my memories was visiting the spring not long after the Christmas tree things and seeing. All the candy canes thrown into the spring by, I don't know. So. Well, yeah, so I have a picture um us at Green Cove Springs. You know, they have the spring. Green Cove, Green Cove Springs is the one that has the um, spring-fed swimming pool, right? Yes, yes. And I have a picture. We're looking down into um, um the, the spring, and there's, like, water bottles in it. So, I mean, that's in the... Grumble, 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 plastic. Um, so, but it, it is a really, and it's right on the St. John's, isn't it? Yes, it's a beautiful town. And there's this, one of the prettiest churches, there's this Carpenter Gothic church right there on the banks. And I got to tour it. And they would actually have below these windows, these kind of slats that if you open up the slats on both sides of the church, you, the breeze off the river would go right through and act as natural ventilation in the pre-air conditioning days. Because, it, you know, the heyday of Green Cove Springs was really the 1870s. So that's how long ago. It was a big spa town. Again, I could yeah. I could fill a whole show with Green Cove Springs. <laughs> Did you know that family travel has the incredible power to shape our children's worldview and create lasting memories? In a world where representation is often lacking, it's essential for our children to see themselves reflected in every aspect of life, including the stories we tell about travel. Introducing the Travel of Legacy podcast, where we're rewriting the script by celebrating the diverse voices of black and brown family travelers. Each episode of Travel of Legacy is a testament to the enriching power and the joy of exploration in black and brown communities. So journey with us and subscribe now. I, I, we can but not right now because I haven't got to talk about it. Yes, go, you go. I'm going to go. So for the Alt Weekly in Tampa, when I worked for Creative Loafing, we would get all sorts of things to review. And I came across a DVD of a film called Shark and Saw's Women's Prison Massacre. <laughs> and um, it it just stuck with me. I'm like, I, I now keep in mind, Arkansas, right? Not Florida. 
Right. So, but still, it, it just sounded so bad that I had to go see it or I wanted to see it. So I got some friends together and uh, we watched it at their house on the big screen and um, we start watching it. And it's a 2015 movie. It's very recent. We start watching it and I'm like, um, those woods look a lot like North Florida. But I'm thinking, you know, I say something and my friends are just like, whatever. And so then there's a scene in a cave and I look at my husband, I'm like, I swear to you, that's Florida Caverns. That is Florida Caverns State Park. And at this point, my friends are like, God damn it, Kathy, not everything is Florida, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, we get to the credits and I'm like, we're watching the credits, folks. And sure enough, inside Florida Caverns State Park in the dry air caves when they have uh, when they have water in them because they're not always dry. So I was right. And and so I found out this really interesting fact. Um, the Chipola River is one of the only rivers in Florida that has rapids. Now, it is not like put a helmet on and grab the side of the raft rapids, like class two, I think, like baby rapids. But they only have rapids, I think, between when the when the water is like 59 to 64 feet or something like that. Don't quote me. Um, but so the rest of the time, the water's flat. But when the river floods, some of the caves will flood. And wow. so uh, this was a uh, director and writer, Jim Wynarski. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. He's kind of a legend in bad Florida movies. And he really apparently likes the caves. Um, and so he would get a permit to film in the caves when they were partially flooded because they were showing them wading through water. Now, spoiler alert, Saw's Women's Prison Massacre, of course, has a shark in it. And the shark is, uh, you know, just really, he's got a vendetta. Um, and it was, um, Tracy Lords is one of the stars. She's also kind of a a bad movie legend in, in circles for people like me who follow this. Um, but I love the conceit of the movie because it actually has an environmental theme. Um, when a fracking environmental accident rips through the Earth's crust, the resulting hole lets out prehistoric sharks from underground that target a group of women and trap them in a cabin. So, I mean, that's straight from IMDb. I don't see how it gets better. Um, but it is just some beautiful, 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 beautiful footage of North Florida. Um, and it's really, um, you know, of course, the women are prison inmates in probably the sexiest like Daisy Dukes and white tank tops. That's the prison uniform that they're in. Um, and it just, I have an affinity for this movie because I, I, I think there are very few people in the world who can look at a shot of the cave and go, oh, that's Mariana, Florida. And I feel like that's a very evolved skill set that I have. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, uh just uh it, it's it's worth a watch it's not gonna look it's not gonna make you scared of sharks right it's uh, it's definitely not i i'm looking at it uh, jim winorski some of his movies he likes to spoof you know popular movies so he spoofed the blair witch project which was made by ucf's um former ucf students um so i i have connections with that his spoof was called the bear winch project <laughs> <laughs> And he he spoofed the movie Paranormal Activity with para knockers activity. <laughs> I mean, so 
what I'm sad about is I found a preview and I think it might've just been a proof of concept. I don't think it was actually a trailer for something he was making called Cobra Gator. And I'll, I'll, if I can find it, if it's still online, I will put a link in the show notes because I don't think it ever got made. And it makes me sad because I'll be very honest with you. If you watch the trailer, the Cobra Gator looks a little bit like a puppy. Like you, the, <laughs> eyes, the eyes, you like kind of <laughs> empathize with it. And um, so, you know, Jim Wojnarowski, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, because you know, I know you do, call me. We'll get the movie made. I don't know how, but we'll make it happen. So Cobra um, Gator, he did at Cavern at Florida Cavern State Park too. I can't find it anywhere. Oh uh, well, um, there's an article in the Tallahassee Democrat about him working on it in 2014. Maybe so. These movies, like they don't, they go straight to DVD in a lot of cases, so they may be difficult to find. Um, gosh, we but I, I'm so in, I am so intrigued now that I want to look at some of these guys' movies because they sound so bad. Like I can't figure out how a shark. Is it through the fracking that a shark ends up in Arkansas, or does it go up? You know, this, this the uh, what is it? The big river there? Is it the Arkansas River? Does it somehow make its the way? Mississippi. The Mississippi is a big one there. It's a big one. I've heard of that one. It's a big river, and it somehow makes its way up to Arkansas. That's so crazy. I it I actually love it. comes through the it comes through the ground. I'm assuming it has something to oh, do with the aquifer. Oh, it comes through the ground. Oh, yeah, oh, because yeah, the great white sharks in the aquifer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, prehistoric. It's it's very, um, you know, there's a lot of learning you can get from B-movies. And uh, I think, you know, really, it, 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 has a, it, has a, it has a theme. It has a moral. Um, speaking of sharks, the other one that I love so very much, and this is just really, really bad, is um, Devilfish. Now, did you ever watch Mystery Science Theater 3000? Yes, I wasn't a religious viewer, but sometimes I watch it from I still watch it from time to time. So this Devil. was um this was an MST3K 1984 film uh with with that but what was brilliant as we watch it and I'm going to read you the description from IMDb. Uh cuz the first line sounds like a joke. A marine biologist, a dolphin trainer, a research scientist and a local sheriff and like you want that to be followed by walk into walk a into bar. a bar. <laughs> but it isn't. And it says, try to hunt down a large sea monster, a shark slash octopus hybrid that is devouring swimmers and fishermen <laughs> off the South Florida coast. Now, here is what is brilliant about this movie. I have just told you everything you need to know about the plot. <laughs> it is made um Italian film that was filmed on filmed on location in the Everglades and I just gotta say if there's a way to give someone culture shock it's let's take them from Italy to the Everglades because almost everybody in this film aside from some of the women um is an Italian actor except for the people they have playing the backwoods guys in the Everglades because as one of my friends said when we were watching the movie, she's like, well, you just can't, you, you can't emulate that accent. Like that is, that is too gritty and real. You can't get an actor who speaks, you know, a native, um, native Italian speaker and have them do uh, South Florida Everglades speak. It just doesn't work. So you have like all these Italian actors um, in this really bad horror movie. And then you've got these very real Florida extras, maybe. I don't even know if they were actually actors because... <laughs> So many people in this film are listed as uncredited, um, but they do have one guy, just to give you a sense, um, 
there was an Italian actor, I'm going to butcher his name. Um, he has no other entries. Goffredo Unger. And his, his, his character was Fisherman That Loses an Arm. Or Fisherman <laughs> that Loses an Arm. So, I mean, it's... goes by two names. It's Devilfish um, or Monster Shark. It really, really depends. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't remember... I know what it says about an octopus. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember an octopus. And the Italian translation is shark, Rosso Nelluciano. So, no, I, th- I thought of- it was a shark octopus hybrid, which That's I'm not sure. Say, I, I don't <sighs> remember any octopi- octopus at all. I'm trying to think how you would do. Well, you know, when you see the when you see the poster, the mouth kind of looks like a combination shark mouth and, and you know, those beaks that octopus or squid have, you know, so maybe that's how, I don't know. It's like so hard to think how that would work as a hybrid. Is it like a shark with long tentacles in addition to fins? It's so weird. That is such a weird, weird idea. It, it's, um, where did popcorn? you, oh, you saw this on mystery science theater. I was going to say, oh, well, where else no, would you I, see it? You can actually watch it on Amazon. I watched it the uh, first time on Mystery Science Theater. Okay. I've seen this more than once. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, uh, so yeah, you can, I think you can watch it on Amazon. There's just so many bad movies about sharks. You know, you start to yeah. feel bad for the sharks because, um, I don't know if we've talked about this here, but the, the guy who wrote um, Jaws said that if he could go back, if he knew what it was going to do to sharks... He never would have written it. He would take it all back because we have this, we we didn't actually have the fear of sharks until Jaws. I mean, if you look at all the bad B movies in Florida, which might be redundant about sharks, um, you know, it's, uh, it's none of them happened. All of our horror movies before Jaws were, you know, things like Creature from the Black Lagoon. I know you disagree with me there, but I had to throw it in one more time. Um <laughs> 2000 maniacs. I mean, we had real horror and, and now we've got, I mean, the list of freak, the list of shark movies that are um, bad. I mean, of course, you know, my favorite, which does have a Florida connection is the Sharknado series. I don't know if you've ever really watched. So are, are those actually movies or are they just TV type TV movies? Well, they're made for sci-fi. I mean, I, I, are we debating the quality here? Because I don't know that, you know, Shark and Saw's Women Prison Massacre is really the. Yeah, I guess so. I, you know, I mean. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I guess, you know, it's, it is interesting because it used to be when we didn't have as many vehicles, things were either like cinema movies or made for TV movies. And there kind of was not so much crossover between the genres, but now there's so many different ways to release films. You know, they can go straight to streaming or straight to DVD or all these other different things. It seems like the lines are more blurred because, you know, it used to be, you know, there was a hierarchy. Like if you were a, a film actor and your movie was released in a movie theater, you know, you made millions of dollars and were kind of on this thing. But if you made TV movies, then you were, you know, you were just kind of a lower tier kind of person. I don't know that that's the case anymore. I think things have changed. No, apparently there's there's a lot of money in streaming now. I mean, that's that's when's the last time you watched when's the last time you streamed an original movie? You know, something like made oh, for Netflix. Oh, this week, last weekend, I think. All right. When's the last time you were in a movie theater? I can't tell you, honestly. There you go. 
I I was wearing a mask, honestly. That was in the height of the pandemic. I've been, it's, it's, it's been before COVID. Yeah. Um, and we have a great movie theater here. I mean, there's no reason. But yeah, I, I so I would say Sharknado qualifies. I, okay. I mean, All right. and only one of them really has a Florida connection. And that's Sharknado 6. And that's just there at Universal. But that 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 almost jumps the shark for me because <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but it does because it, it it almost breaks i don't know it's it's almost made to be it is made to be stupid whereas i feel like uh 2000 maniacs the victim of ineptitude uh i mean we haven't talked about the wild women of wongo that one was a very sincere earnest movie is that the coral um, castle one the one film that was the coral castle ones yeah i mean and we had playboy bunnies in these i mean it, it was great. Um, as, as if that's a standard of quality. Real Playboy bunnies. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't, you know, a bunch of guys and their friends with a green screen. It was you know, women who, you know, had some name recognition. Before we go, I think there is one B movie that definitely deserves to be mentioned that we have not touched on. Miami Connection? Okay, there's two movies. <laughs> Do Miami Connection. Miami Connection was actually filmed here in Orlando, and it was filmed about the time I was moving here. So I remember a lot of buzz about uh, the making of the movie and the release of the movie. I think it came out in 1988, which is about the time I moved here. And so it was kind of a flop at the box office, but kind of came back and became a cult classic. And it's so just reeks of the 80s you know they're in this bad 80s band and it's a martial arts film and they say that the the dialogue doesn't match the you know the their lips when they move so even though it was shot in english it looks like one of those badly dubbed films from like japan or something there's a guy the big martial arts guy is yk kim and he was kind of a, a local kind of martial arts legend and it's one of those things that, uh, again, was so bad and kind of flopped, but then was rediscovered. And because it was so bad, people loved it. It became a cult classic. And I've not seen the whole thing throughout. I, You know, you can just watch the trailer again on YouTube, and I can say, oh, I know where that was shot. I know where that was shot. I know where that was shot because it's all, you know, so much of it is here in Orlando. But, you know. It's like a music video when you watch the trailer, a bad 80s music video. And, you know, for somebody, I graduated from college in 1986, so that was an important time in my life. If I want to just, you know, get goosebumps and feel like I'm living in that time again, all you got to do is watch the trailer. <laughs> well, as long as you've got, you know, something something to do there. I mean, watch the trailer. You don't have to watch the whole movie, right? Well, you know, that's kind of my, – my attention span isn't what it used to be. And sometimes I will do things like that, but I would love to sit through this whole thing. It's it's like that other one I think we talked about on a previous show, Ernest Saves Christmas, where it's kind of fun just to watch things. You know, um, the setting of the movie as much as it is the plot. Honestly, I think the setting, the movie, is better than the movie in Ernest Saves Christmas. I don't know about Miami Connection. I know that it's much beloved because um, people rediscovered it and just thought it was so such. The campiness of it was of such high value. So okay, okay. What's yours? Okay. What's yours? So this one's actually a little bit. It, it is a B movie, but I it, it has some really unusual things about it, and that would be the nineteen seventy two classic Frogs. 
I, I've heard, I remember that, but I didn't know it was a Florida movie. It is. It, it was a Florida movie. Um, I think the it's what if nature threw a war and everybody came type of thing. It is one of the first horror movies based on, hey, we're messing up the planet. And um, there's just a lot, a lot to it that is uh, worth unpacking and worth seeing. And um, it was, uh, I'm looking right now in my notes to see where it was filmed because it was filmed in multiple locations. In, in the panhandle. Yeah, panhandle. Yes. Um, and you know who's in it. Yeah, some real actors. Real actors, yes. Real live actors. These are, um, I always love it when I when I give this talk because people get to see um, a very, 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 very young. Um, uh, crap, what's his name? Elliot. Um, Sam Elliot, without a mustache. Oh, really? Gosh, he's yes. not even listed. Because, oh yeah, you're right. Pickett Smith is who he plays. Ray Milan. Joan Van Ark. Movie, he credits this movie with launching his career. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, and um, it's really, uh, let's see, it was filmed Santa Rosa Beach, Eden Garden State Park, the Funiac Springs, Panama City Beach. I mean, it's um, it was eco-horror. And it did a lot of proselytizing. It really did. The idea, you know, the conceit is that this nasty old millionaire invites his family to his Highland home to celebrate his birthday, except he hates nature. So he poisons anything he doesn't like on the island. Um, Now, what's great about this is they have some really tight camera work where the frogs themselves at his house. And of course, he's in a wheelchair because all evil villains are in a wheelchair. Um, (laughs) And they launch themselves through the windows. But then they show they have this this. The frogs, like they're supposed to be menacing, but they're just real life frogs, man. I mean, they're cute. And then they they have this one shot where they're real tight in on a butterfly that's going to get him. And I mean, just it was it was um, I actually think made as a sincere film. And uh, it's just it's an allegory for, for what could happen to the planet. I don't know that we're in danger of a monarch butterfly actually, you know, sucking out our eyeballs <laughs> or whatever, but um, definitely, definitely, definitely worth a watch. Now, um, of course you want to do a little movie driving tour. Um, you've got to go to Defuniac Springs um, and Santa Rosa beach. They're beautiful. Eden garden state park. Uh, I mean, we took it all over the state with this podcast, really, if you think about it. We yeah. we took you to the Panhandle for frogs. We took you down to Everglades City for um, Devilfish, Orlando for Miami Connection, Green Cove Springs, St. Cloud. I mean, no matter where you live in Florida, I think the point is there is a really bad horror movie for you. <laughs> it's, you know, at the, the rate we're going, uh, there's not going to be any natural environment. But I will say this, that our water is getting worse and worse and worse and looks like it's from a horror movie so that uh, at the rate we're going there will be a lot of nasty gunky water to shoot in you are nothing if not an optimist rick (laughs) i love Um, this from the movie today the pond tomorrow the world it's the day that nature strikes back frogs i'm telling you you gotta go see this movie i if, (laughs) if you're listening to me right now if you're listening to this podcast and you have not seen frogs, it is 197% worth 
going to watch frogs. Now, of course, you want to know where you can see it. And I knew that that was going to come up. Well, I I believe that uh, I have the DVD, but you're not getting it out of my out of my paws. But um, I think it may it may be on Turner Classic Movies. Is that can you stream that, though, or do you have to wait for it to come up? You have to wait for for it to come up, but you know they they put them all online, and you can find out like when it's going to show. Um, it's on. It's it's apparently on Roku. Oh, it is. That's Sweet. what it says. How to watch on Roku? Um, the Halloween Channel, I think. Um, Halloween Channel, Horror Zone, Roku Channel, Prime Video, or Apple TV. I mean, it's it's a pretty mainstream B movie, and it's um. I'm not going to lie to you. I root for the frogs. <laughs> All right. There's our t- t-shirt today. I root for the frogs. <laughs> well, I, I root for the frogs. I do. I would get that on a t-shirt. I um, When I was 30, and then we'll go. Last story, then we'll go. Um, I had known since I was about 20 that I wanted a tattoo because I am old enough to remember when people did not just get tattoos for like Christmas. Um, and it took me about 10 years to figure out um, what I wanted. And I ultimately got a tattoo of a tree frog because um, it had a little bit of a metaphor there. But the idea is if you have frogs in the natural environment, it means that it's a, it's a healthy environment. We, there's actually ground truthing you do with frogs. You listen for different types of frogs and you record it and um, it tells you how healthy an environment is. So I figured, well, if I have a frog tattoo, I will always kind of maintain balance and that sort of Buddhist idea that I have sometimes. Um, and uh, so, yeah, of course, I mean, I, I've got this frog tattoo. Of course, I'm going to root for the frog. You want the frogs to survive, right? This is, they're, they're um, what do they call that? Like um, a keystone um, yes. species? Thank you. Yeah. Like if they disappear, we're screwed. Yeah. So I love that this movie chose frogs as the uh, top billing animal that strikes back. So. I love I love the uh, graphic for it. The typography is great, and there's this frog with an arm coming out of its mouth. <laughs> I know it's, just, it's, it's so just cool. Beautiful. This is this is um, better than Plan Nine from Outer Space, and I know that is a a big thing that's going to be controversial among people like me. But I think this is probably the best bad B movie about Florida. Oh, you can get Frogs t-shirts. I'm totally going to get one. Really? Yeah. Can we put that link in the in the in the show notes, please? Yeah, there's a number of different designs. So, yay. <laughs> I love this podcast today. Yay, B movies. Well, there's, you know, there the movie topic is so huge, we can go in so many different directions, but I like this one cuz these are movies that many people have not heard about. And we didn't talk about Jaws 3D, which is another one. We didn't talk about a lot of them. We didn't yeah. talk about Aunt Martha Does Dreadful Things, which is a little bit of social commentary. We we didn't talk about, um, oh, God, what's the name of it? Frankenstein Meets the Space Monster. We didn't talk about, we didn't talk about, we didn't talk about Wild Luna Wongo. I mean, I mentioned it, but not really. Three-headed shark attack, or I'm sorry, two-headed shark attack. Um, you know, it, it just so many well let's save them for halloween we can come back at halloween we i definitely think we have to come back because the best part about the bad movies 
they keep making more. <laughs> so true. So true. Go out and see a bad movie. That's our, our homework for this weekend. All right. Go see go see a bad movie. Email us, Kathy at Florida Spectacular. Tell us your favorite bad Florida movie. And uh, there you have it. All right, Rick. Thanks. Thank you. This was enlightening. I've got to go check out um, Zat now. I've got I've got homework, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Florida Spectacular. Thanks for thanks for listening. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> thanks.